how frustrated are you on a level of scale of one to ten? Eleven. Mm-hmm. Is it all the crap that was in the bedroom? Is it the fact that I've got to go back out on the road and risk everything because I don't show up for two days and <laughs> I get a phone call? Mm-hmm. Or the fact that no matter what, the girls can't seem to be bothered to kill flies in the kitchen. Or all of the above. <laughs> all of the above and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just... absolutely frustrated right now so this is this is the situation so amy can go out solo but they want a camera facing her because they want to make sure that keisha's not driving why there's the question it's like we don't work that way we've never worked that way never had a camera facing me never had this crap and then on top of that, Amy, who has PTSD, doesn't like cameras in the first place. That is why you have so few actual pictures of Amy. She just doesn't like them. It's like, okay. So, yeah, I started looking because I'm, I'm, I'm sick of the bipolar mentality in this company. They have 400 drivers. They're just too big. It's just too big now. So... Can we survive on them coming home and doing local jobs around Texas? Nope. No. They have to make... The, the, you know you know how we make it work? We, we surrender the trucks and the trailer. Surrender all of it. Just say all of it. Shut it down. Shut down everything. And then I get a local job. Amy gets a local job. You know, because that's the only way it works. The other option would be if somebody would actually get off their, their butt and do what they're supposed to be doing. I would be able to monetize the website right now. And, you know, we'd have that money coming in and that pushing everything that's supposed to be done. And let me focus in on the other stuff. As it is, it's like I've been doing these videos and I feel like, oh, I'm just wasting time. I should just work on the website because obviously I can't rely on somebody else. So that's kind of where that is right now. So I'm just five page I got five pages done I, I can do five pages in an hour mm-hmm. but okay <sighs> so good times well for anybody out there that's you know I I, I also wanted to point it out because I, I have listened back in editing and hearing things in you know other other times and whatnot that I, I can understand people listening, probably, like, listening in and being like, wow, like, you guys are, you know, ooh, you're struggling, like, everybody's struggling right now, and, like, we get it. Every the, the We're not sitting in a perfect economy right now and struggling then when we have every opportunity. It's the fact that we are sitting with the ability to have what we mm-hmm. normally have because it's not uh, – no matter what happens to the economy, trucking doesn't just stop. Right, And that is literally one of the, the biggest things that is frustrating about this is that, yeah, there are a lot of jobs that get laid off. There are a lot of jobs that aren't necessities when it comes to, you know, the economy pretty much going down the hole. Trucking isn't one of them. The problem is that people have literally created their own world of, you know, I need to get on top. I need to do this. And the selfishness of them only worrying about me, me, me is putting the company that we're not even working for just dispatching us into a position where they 
are putting us on the back burner in giving the good loads to other people because they, you know, feel like it pretty much. That's what it that's what it comes down to. There's no real reason for it. There's no real, you know, there, there's not some horrible, horrible thing that's going on in the trucking industry that should mean that we don't get any of the things that we normally do. Mm-hmm. Any of the loads and any of the actual partnerships that we are used to, we're not getting them because they are so big with too many drivers. So they, every person that... Uh, sorry about that. Every person before that was dispatching us, so you have a team of dispatchers, normally like two or three, sometimes four, and... They each have their own group of drivers that they're responsible for finding loads for. Normally, also two, three, or four drivers for each of them, and it's gotten to the point where each of them now have ten of you know ten drivers each that are trying to find loads for, and we're not a type pro- top priority for them because they don't make money off of us. They make money off of the company drivers, so they don't care about giving us the loads. We give them you know posting things on the load board and finding out that they're giving the loads that we're telling them to give us two other drivers because well they're better loads and we're finding them and they're lazy and they don't want to do the work and so we're in a position now where it's like what is you know it's kind of pointless either way because either we're sitting around waiting for 48 hours for them to give us a load Mm -hmm. or we're giving them the load just for them to give it to somebody else and still waiting for 48 hours so it's it's getting absolutely insane trying to deal with it and yeah we're at a point where we have to find another solution because this we can't stay with this company it's been it's been made very clear that we're just at that point where it's it's a truth no more staying there we can't do it they don't care about having us there before they had a small company where they cared about us being there because we were keeping their reputation up but now they just have all these drivers that they can't keep their reputation up and they're just basically sucking it up and dealing with the fact that oh man you know the more drivers we hire on the more the dispatchers make so you know they're fine meanwhile all the drivers are taking the hit for it including and especially the Mm -hmm. owner operators that are working for them so we can't everything that we are used to and everything that we are trying to do and everything that we've you know been doing from the moment that you know for the last five six years is going down the hole because they're being selfish and we're just not we're not people that understand things like that we're not selfish people (laughs) we constantly give people all the things in the world that's why we have you know two people that we had barely known completely move out and move in with us Mm -hmm just to try to get them to have a better chance at life. So it's just, it's insane that we're sitting in a position where every single, ver- like every single thing that we have been trying to build up is turning their backs on us on the same time. So it's all falling apart and we have to figure our way out of it. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's, we understand that, you know, we are still privileged enough to be able to be broke with the things that we have. Mm-hmm. We're broke, but we still have a house where everybody has their own room. We're broke, but we still have, you know, this basically, you know, three quarter, almost a quarter acre, uh, or three quarter, almost a, a whole acre garden in the backyard. We have so much when it comes into the matter of preserving food and prepping food and making food from scratch. And, you know, we have the time to do all of those things. It's just for what we, you know, the world that we wanted to create for the girls and the world we wanted to create for ourselves, it's not, it's not working. And so we're trying to change tactics, but you know, every time that we try to get a foot ahead, something comes up and goes, ha, no, you don't get to do that. And we're just dealing with it and trying to move forward. And it's, it'd been extremely, extremely hard. 
So yeah, mm-hmm. we're at a point where things are, are going to be changing as far as the podcast goes. Things are going to be changing as far as who you know who you're hearing and you know how much we're doing versus podcast and YouTube because we're trying to add to YouTube things. If right. you haven't seen, we have been uploading on YouTube. We've been mm-hmm. saying it. Every it's day. not a lie. <laughs> it's happening. Every day. You know, we're trying to get all of that going and and start this you know onslaught of people being able to actually see that hey we're here and we're doing this stuff um so it really does help (laughs) if you do enjoy listening to us and you do enjoy you know the stories that we read and the hearing the girls or hearing us like tell us what you want because if you want something we're going to do it and we're going to try our best to create you know an online community where we actually have you know a community and mm-hmm. not just us talking at people because it's great that you guys are listening to us but we, yeah. i i want to we want to know that you're there and it's you know i know that doesn't mean that every single person that listens to us is going to be you know communicating and everything but seriously just giving a follow and just saying hi in a comment section somewhere is a lot more it means a lot more to us than you know a number on a screen i want to know you i want to know that you're listening mm-hmm. i want to know that you find something funny or you found something weird or you disagree like i want to know because right now we're just throwing shots in the dark right now and hoping that people enjoy it and we don't actually know if it's working or if it's not working right so yeah no we it's it's <laughs> we just we want to be able to actually have this community online because obviously a lot is going wrong in the world right now and everybody's dealing with it and we just want to get out of it with an actual you know whole community behind it instead of just sitting here hoping (laughs) then hoping that our words aren't falling on deaf ears so but yeah no that's just i just wanted to to say that because i know that we don't you know we say you know the same things at the end of and beginning of all of our videos Mm -hmm. but it is very true (laughs) what we talk about we do appreciate it we want you guys to interact with us we really we really do a lot of I'll, I'll tell you this a lot of stuff that I've read um, has been interactions with you guys and almost every single w- interaction that I have ends up on the air it really does I, I'm I'm reading it and I'm reading it out loud so you know and I've I think I've responded to everybody who has responded even when I found that a couple of them were trolls or a couple of them were you know ad bots or whatever kind of garbage and it was like scammers and I was like but I still responded to everybody and we all and we have and we will and you know that's just that's the way that we are we're trying to grow and you know I'm trying to to work things out so that I can be here because you know Kiki can tell you I'm on this computer all day the moment Mm -hmm. I get the chance and when I'm on the computer I am just going to town I'm literally I'm I'm the one that does the the works the posts on all the videos and I'm working on the website and I'm working on all of the, the stuff that I can to put everything together, you know, and, and to be able to do all the marketing and nobody here do, works with Simplecast. Nobody, nobody in the house um, works with the Bard AI system and nobody, you know, is, is doing all the admin stuff that I'm doing and me going out on the road means that all that stuff is, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, it's going to have to do it. What the, the two days I'm going to be home type situation. So it's fine. I don't, I don't mind driving. I love driving. I'm really good at driving. Right. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm looking at everything going, okay, I've got to do what I've got to do. And while we're, while we're continuing to grow this, because we're, we're so grateful for everybody that listens and we're grateful for everybody that interacts. So yeah, you know, just, just a high means a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, with that said, 
Welcome to the Afternoon Dive on the Stupid Podcast on Everything, where I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And we talk about everything. And nothing. All at the same time. And I'm going to cough. <coughs> we normally edit that out, but we're just in a kind of a time crunch right now. So you're going to hear all our coughs and sniffles and everything today. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about some revenge. Yes. Not just any revenge. Nuclear revenge. I am down for some nuclear revenge. First, I wanted to do a little bit of a, a, a funny haha um, because some of these are like difficult reads. But to start it off, I wanted to, to do this. Uh, it's from r slash shitposting. And it's funny because it's actually. Okay. <laughs> so is what is the most disgusting secret you're hiding right now? And somebody had answered it with my wife went out drinking with coworkers and got shit faced. I had to struggle to get her inside blackout, drunk, crying, puking. It was a nightmare and not the first time doing this. After putting her to bed, I shit on the driveway next to her car door and told her she did it while drunk and told her the neighbor saw her do it. She wow. found it going to work the next day. She has not went out drinking since. And this was four years ago. If she does drink, she's one and done. Um, <laughs> brilliantly disgusting, <laughs> but it worked. So I, I don't, don't know, you know, and we do things like that, but we do things like that with like the, if you don't brush your teeth, this is what's going to happen mm -hmm. type situation. So, but that short, sweet, absolutely brilliant. I, I love that. I absolutely love that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is... I mean, hey, if it works. Yeah, obviously it did, too. So then, yeah, so I want to start with that. Um, and then uh, this one, it is titled, A man harassed me, and I got his retirement benefits taken away. So this took place over three years, give or take some. I, 29 female, left the military and picked up a contracting job in the same field. While I was starting my new career, I was also leaving an unhappy and abusive marriage. My ex-husband, 29 male, was a store manager at a GameStop, and when he asked if he gave military discounts, he would give military discounts and ask if people knew me on base and what I was up to. A man we will call Bubble Bass, 35 I think, and male, actually worked for me, and the two of them bonded over their mutual hate for women. Bubble Bass would refer to me as a whore and slut at work and even went so far as to attempt to get my home address to give to my ex. I reported the incidents through proper channels and had to get a new apartment, but unsurprisingly, the military did nothing to Bubble Bass. So I decided to keep my eyes on him and wait until he made another misstep. Over the next three years, working with him was horrible. He would undermine my authority in, in the section by telling junior people I was stupid, being intentionally insubordinate, and publicly talking about how he was exploiting the foster care system to make money off of the children he was supposed to be taking care of. About a year ago now, another girl, 20 female, came to me and told me that Bubble Bass was approaching her in a way that made her uncomfortable. When I pulled up their chat logs, Bubble Bass was begging to have sex for her to have sex with him, even though he was married and she was repeatedly telling him he, that she wasn't interested. I convinced the girl to report Bubble Bass despite her hesitation. During the investigation, while I was interviewed, I spared no detail about what exactly Bubble Bass was doing and saying to include fraud, waste, and abuse of government assets and systems. I kept a literal shit list with dates and times. As things turned out, there were about four other women at our base Bubble Bass was sexually harassing. 
Bubble Bass went to non-judicial punishment this week and lost everything. Mm. He has 18 years in the military and was two years away from a full retirement. He lost his clearance. He lost his foster mm-hmm. children. He lost his honorable discharge. He is literally starting life over in his 30s with a discharge that shows that he sexually harasses women with no benefits and 18 years of training in a job field that is only relevant if he does have clearance. That is beautiful. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely beautiful. And, and let me tell you, when you think, if you think things are bad, have a dishonorable discharge and try to get a job. Mm-hmm. Because the odds are somebody in that company who's part of the decision maker, they're going to be a vet, right? It is going to either be the HR director. It's going to be the person that interviews you. It's going to be the staff. And they're going to sit there and they're going to do your background check. Somebody's going to do your background check. They're going to go through. They're going to say, oh. You have a dishonorable discharge. Mm-hmm. And I would never hire you, ever. I wouldn't hire you to be the janitor to clean my floors. I wouldn't hire you to clean the crap off the driveway of the last story. You literally are done. And yeah, at 30 years old, having to be like, uh, how do you can't hide it. You can't hide that you were in the military and that you're not. You can't hide, you know, so it's like, good luck, buddy. You know, you're going to be one of those people that ends up working in a really, really bad. You're going to be a pin setter in a bowling alley where you're not interacting with anybody. You're going to be in the back and talking to no one because nobody's going to want to deal with you because everybody's going to know you as the predator guy who, you know, was kicked out of the military. So beautiful work that is absolutely beautiful so anybody else like just die or laugh about that in oh comments? everybody everybody in the comments is just absolutely congratulating her Heck and yeah. uh it and somebody had said you did karma well he earned all of that you just brought receipts and filled out the paperwork good job yep so yeah and i feel like a lot of them are like this where it's just straight up that the revenge you know it's it's just nudging karma just a little bit to get it to come faster um and i'm totally fine with that oh yeah oh this one this one is uh there's one that i'm that i'm ending with that you're going to like it's i'm ending with it because you're going to absolutely be so happy that it ended the way that it did okay um but there's still a lot of them like this again these are all really good ones today um so this one is titled your bully son messes with us and you kill our dog prepare for dad so (laughs) oh man okay i'm gonna try to be quiet about this one that's that's heavy okay i posted this on pro revenge but was referred to this sub instead after i posted a rage comic on me on r slash memes this happened in 1995 on a small rural town in chaco province argentina everyone knows each other here until this very day my father was an electrician the only one in town so he was constantly meeting people and as he was born and raised here he was very very well known by everyone he grew up with he grew up with many of the police officers from back then and they even had asados together argentinian barbecue at least three times a month for years my father was not a violent man that was the only time i saw him do something like that The other man was with his busy son. They were not from town. They had moved here a year or so prior. They were from uh, Buenos Aires. Mm -hmm. Okay. Buenos Aires, Argentina. I don't really know the guy, and I didn't know his kid, but he was an absolute asshole to almost every kid in the block, and he constantly picked on me and my brother since we were the youngest of our neighborhood. Therefore, we couldn't defend ourselves. 
Bucky, our dog, wasn't trained since we knew nothing about training, but he was loyal and playful with every kid. One thing for sure, though, he was protective. One afternoon, we were playing in the park, and out came the bully, who had, at first, threw rocks at us, then got closer and started calling us names, and us being being little got scared. He was bigger than us. We tried to leave, but he blocked us and started hitting my brother. I tried to stop him, but he did the same to me. Bucky heard us crying and came running, jumping, and got the bully's arm at once. He bit, shook, and released, staying between us and the bully, barking like mad until the kid left running. We saw him get inside his house, and a few seconds later came the father with a sledgehammer. Bucky stood in front of us, hairs raised and barking, but the man didn't stop. He got close, raised the sledgehammer, and went straight down to Bucky's head. He did not hit him once. He hit him five times. The first blow I'll never forget. The sound of the steel connecting with the skull, the painful whimper of our dog. Bucky got knocked with the first blow. By the fifth and final, his head was caved in. My brother and I were frozen in place, scared to death, crying a lot. The asshole dad says something which I don't remember now and left. We were unable to move for a moment uh, because of our fear. Finally, I grabbed my brother and we went home. My dad was fixing a fan and then he saw us and asked us what happened. We told him and just said, and he just said, right, okay, let's wash your faces and grab some ice cream. Yes, that's what our dad did. Took us for ice cream. He did a pretty well job to mask his emotions and showed himself cheerful to us. That night, when my brother was asleep and I was playing in the kitchen, he grabbed the wrench and told mom that he had to go fix something in the uh, in the neighbor's yard. I assumed it was another neighbor since it was a common thing for my dad to get asked by neighbors to fix things. Nodded to my mom. My mom had nodded back. Yes, she knew at the time. And left. He came back some minutes later, told me to go to bed, and that was it. A decade later, we came to know what had actually happened. He went to the guy's house, knocked on the door, and punched the dude so hard it rocked his head back. Told him he would break one limb for each of his children whom he made cry. I can only imagine what he would have done if there were more than two kids. Proceeded to beat the guy some more in front of his whole family and then took the wrench and broke his legs. He then left the house, went home, and asked me to go to bed, talked to my mom, and then went straight to the police, turned himself in, and was actually delayed until the police went and checked with the other guy. My dad also showed our dead dog to them, and the police found the sledgehammer on the bully's house, still with the blood on it, and they let my father go. They also spoke with the dude when he got better and suggested him to leave the town, since if they weren't liked before, they wouldn't ever be now. To this, you gotta understand the mindset from some rural small towns. We looked at outsiders with mistrust back then, and it took a while for people to get used to you if you were new in town. However, these people came and weren't very much liked, apparently because of the kid and the father was also an asshole. I do not condone the actions of my father, nor am I justifying in any way the events that transpired then but as my father myself as, but as a father myself i can totally understand to what extent can a man react when their kids are at play i loved my dad and i have mad respect for him rest in peace dad we miss you greatly so there that's the full story sorry for my bad english it's not my native language and then he posted an edit and said wow when i posted this i wasn't expecting to get this much attention thank you all for your kindness and compassion recently and because of a message i received by one of you kind people i felt the need to include a part of the uh include a part of the story that i originally left out involving bucky our brave dog this is it bucky has defendants descendants i mean uh my brother has what we would call bucky's grand uh, grand grand pump right now and he's been adopting bucky's lineage if that is the correct term for a few generations now he did a good job at tracking down bucky's litters he had two of them in his short life with the first being five pups and the second one eight my brother leandro remembered everyone who got to adopt bucky's pups and to his surprise he found bucky's blood carried on and is still strong he adopts a descendant from every uh every time bucky's uh 
descendants have a new litter and has so far adopted two full generations everyone a straight descendant from a male all praise goes to my brother who worried himself with keeping bucky alive in his life again excuse my english if i couldn't express myself the correct way or if anything caused any confusion upon reading i'll try to explain better in the comments if asked to thank you all very much and sorry for taking long to post this part that's a good dad oh yeah that, that's that's i everything else that's a good dad that's that is a man who had more restraint than i did or I would, I should say, without incriminating myself. Um, yeah, I, wow. <laughs> okay. I, when I saw this, I just thought it was funny because it's one of those things that people think there's a disconnect with things like that across different cultures. Mm-hmm. And there really isn't because this is, you know, Argentina we're talking about. And everybody is like, yep. no, you live in the South here. It is the exact same way. And you live anywhere where people are all about family and that's just exactly mm-hmm. how it is there's not a single like i could not imagine a, any kind of situation where if something were to happen by somebody else's hand to our dogs that i would be able to restrain myself because it, i i literally couldn't and to think like in if something like that were to happen literally in front of lily and tabby mm-hmm. i would go absolutely ballistic there's no world like yeah that dad mad respect because mm -mm, i would not have the restraint to just break someone's legs and move on (laughs) like there's no world there i i mm -mm. so yeah that's that father deserves so much praise because Mm -hmm. that's yeah he he did he definitely did the right thing with not you know just full-on murdering the man because i have full thoughts that if something like that were to happen that yeah you would be in jail because you would have murdered a man oh yeah <laughs> gosh i just just the thought of somebody doing that to one of my dogs yeah mm, just <sighs> yeah no <laughs> it just it ends it ends poorly so and then this one is not super uh, not super long, but it's just okay. as good. Uh, it is titled, Bully Tries to Act Like It Was in School. Guess I will tell on you then. In secondary school, I was tormented by a specific bully for years. I was beaten up and publicly humiliated on a daily basis. The worst thing he did was beat me up so bad that I got a concussion and broken ribs when I was 14. He never faced consequences in school because his family was rich and he was pretty popular. For context, I live in a pretty small town in England, so everyone knows everyone, including the bully. He left the school when I was 17, and I didn't see him for about a year. Around this time, I got way more popular and started going to parties and making more friends, and annoyingly, he was friends with some of my friends, and his girlfriend was at my school still, but I managed to avoid him mostly until I finished school. Unfortunately, I saw him a few months later. Uh, Me and my friends had went to the pub to celebrate our exam results, and he was a complete asshole to me. Started insulting me and mocking me to my friends, saying, why do you hang out with my name? Bringing up a bunch of stuff from years ago, and at one point put me in a headlock and told me that my friends only hung out with me out of pity. I wasn't going to take it, but I also wasn't going to get into a punch-up because I didn't want to give him the satisfaction of getting me angry, and right at that moment, I overheard the perfect thing. He was bragging to his friends about the house party he was having and saying uh, and talking about all of the drugs he was going to take to the party, and he said he had it all in his car right then and there. It wasn't just a bit of weed, either. If I remember correctly, he said he had 13 bags of coke and 30 pills of MDMA and 7 or 8 grams of ketamine, and then I knew what I would do for my revenge on the guy. 
As he was leaving, I followed him to his car and took a photo of his number plate. Then, after he was driving off, I walked off and called the police. I knew they <laughs> needed something more than hearsay to stop the car, especially because I didn't want to be traced back to it. So I told the police I saw my bully snort- snorting white powder in the pub toilets. This is a complete fabrication. And then got into the driver's side of the car, and I, and I then provided them with the license plate of the car and told them the direction that he was heading in. I honestly didn't think they were going to stop him, or maybe they would ask him questions later and ruin his party, but the driving on drugs allegations put the fact that he had been that he had been arrested, uh, plus the fact that he had been arrested for minor possessions before, which I didn't know at the time, was enough for the police to take it seriously and stop and search his car, which they found all of the drugs he was transporting to his party, and he got arrested for it. The consequences of his arrest meant he lost out on his university place. His rich parents had had enough of his behavior, so they kicked him out and cut him off from their funds. And a rumor I heard was that in turn for a lower sentence, my bully ratted out his supplier, which resulted in him getting stabbed multiple times, and as a consequence of that, now has to wear a colostomy bag, and that plus his criminal record means that he is currently unemployed. That is one 100% that you just kind of gave karma the mm-hmm. open door you you open that door and ste- stepped aside for karma to take what they needed to take because wow <laughs> the fact mm-hmm. that his parents were sick of him and it was a final straw the fact that you know he literally decided he was going to still oh yeah I'll, I'll rat out my my guy and then still got beat up for it and now has to deal with a lifelong issue and that's just nasty <laughs> like oh, yeah. for something like that it's just it sucks and yeah now he has to deal with that for forever and it's like i just wow yeah that's straight up karma just got a little nudge (laughs) because Mm -hmm. he would have done it anyways like at at that point he was already on the road to probably killing somebody that's a lot of drugs Mm -hmm. that's not just like oh yeah no i had a little weed oh yeah i had a couple of pills like you know everything out here is all about how everybody has xanax and blah, blah 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 it's like no 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 he had ketamine and mdma and not yeah. just like a little bit of it like he was gonna kill someone that night so it's like there's just there's nothing people that are like that you did the right thing and mm-hmm. it's uh, the fact that it was a final straw means that he was just a, a horrible person and it was literally it was it was waiting to happen mm-hmm. if you didn't do it it was just gonna happen and somebody else was going to do it later on or he was gonna get himself in trouble for killing someone because that's what things like that lead to so but yeah that one's nice mm-hmm no, I'm <laughs> such a simple, simple thing that you did. And it caused such a onslaught of downhill things for this man. Very nicely done. Very, you know, and, and sorry, I'm, I'm like, I have zero pity for this guy. And oh, if you're yeah. a bully. I don't care. It, it, look, when you do something and it comes back at you and it comes back at you in a big way, I'm always for it. And there is to me in my mind, there is no top. Right. If you are a bully and you beat people up and you literally traumatize people's lives, anything short of death, I'm smiling about. Death, I'm not smiling about only because you didn't get to suffer. Mm-hmm. But this guy, he's got a colostomy bag. You got He got stabbed in the gut. Mm-hmm. Whew, more than once, more than likely, or they did a pull-up job, which is just... Well, even, it's, it's the UK. That's... Mm-hmm. They, that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, so, yeah. Good. Glad. Next. This one, this one's long, but it's oh so satisfying. Okay. This one is satisfying. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Mine has been cooling for 10 years and counting. 
Wow, that's that's patience. Uh-huh. I, 40 female, have been married to my husband, 44 male, for 20 years now. We have two kids, 16 female and 13 male. My husband is what I would consider a high earner by middle class standards. Also, strap in folks, this is going to be long. I've never told anyone before, so... 10 years ago, and by complete coincidence, I found out that my husband had been cheating on me, with men, and that from before we got married... We live in a smallish town in the south of the USA. Him coming out as gay will have consequences. I believe that that is the only reason he has not come out to anyone. First, here's how I found out he was cheating on me. He got sloppy, left a credit card bill for a secret card in the pocket, in the pocket of a coat. While going through it, I found all the telltale signs of infidelity. Paying, paying payments to a hotel in a nearby county, restaurant bills, gifts, flowers, condoms, and lubricant, etc. I started camping outside the hotel on the days he told me he would be late, and I saw him bringing different men there. I am very good at compartmentalization and have a great poker face. Comes with growing up in an abusive household. So I was able to give myself the time to cool off and to come up with what I should do. First thing I did was get an STD panel, since I didn't know how safe he was with his partners. It came out negative. Then I convinced him that we should use condoms since I was having side effects from the pill. He was okay with it. I had a long think, and I came to up to the decision that I was not going to confront him, nor was I going to leave him. He was able to provide me a really good lifestyle, one that I would never be able to afford with my high school diploma. A cleaning lady, a nanny to help with the kids, regular spa days and a country club, a new car every other year, luxury family vacations every year, etc., etc. He was a good dad, a good partner, cheating aside, and really good in bed. But I was not going to let him have a single guilt-free week in his life. That would be my revenge. I started small, planning great date nights for us, telling him that I felt our relationship was cool, that I wanted the spark back. Then I would sometimes slip into conversation some tea about a cheating husband, a gay man that had been using his poor wife as a beard, complimenting the only gay couple we know for having the courage of being real men who were out and proud of themselves. On the other hand, I would praise him as the perfect husband to anyone and everyone, especially if he was in earshot. The amount of guilt gifts I got was astounding. The man was even sent me flowers weekly it continued the same way though for years i could literally see how much it was weighing on him me well my parents were a part of a commune with the con with the concept of free love and i was the same i just considered myself in an open marriage it seems that cheating is easier to ignore if you are not that big on monogamy in the first place and my husband was keeping me satisfied so i felt no need to find a partner of my own then, four years ago, I guess he met the love of his life. He started seeing just the one guy. I was seriously thinking of ending the whole thing, especially since I have started a business. I had started a business by then and was able to bring in enough money to support myself and my kids while maintaining my lifestyle. But then he went and introduced his side piece to us. He effing brought him into our house, introduced him to our kids, and that was enough for me to keep tormenting him. Wow. Apparently, he, was, he had introduced him as a new friend he made while golfing. He started hinting at moving to another state, one where it would be easier for him to come out. I refused. I told him that my business was here and I was not going to start over in another state. I also told him that the kids had their friends and extended family here. It would be unfair to uproot them. And then he started trying to start arguments. I guess he wanted us to fight then for me to ask for a divorce. I just stopped all those arguments in their tracks. I would just agree with whatever he said. He was right. I was wrong. And to make it up to him, how about a nice dinner and some great sex? He hated that. I knew from spying on his phone that having sex with me felt like cheating on his boyfriend. The audacity of this man. I also knew that his boyfriend was pressuring him to leave me literally almost every day. He was stuck between a rock and a hard place. He started drinking. And when it got too heavy, that was when I decided that, was enough, that enough was enough. 
I wanted to ruin his life, not his health. Also, I grew up with an alcoholic father and did not want that for my kids. So I gathered all the evidence of his infidelity over the last nine years. Photos with different men, conversations, Mm. his grinder profile, even though he no longer had one, everything. Then I hired a divorce attorney and mailed the evidence to his employer. He has a morality clause in his contract and adultery breaks it. All his relatives, including his parents, as well as our church, his actually, I was never big on religion like him. It was like a bomb exploded. He was fired. The congregation turned on him for cheating, not for being gay. Let's keep that straight. I would never allow my kids to be a part of a church that discriminated against their father, even Mm -hmm. if he was not out. His parents wouldn't take him in after I kicked him out, and he was shamed publicly. Gotta love that small town gossip mill. And the cherry on top? His boyfriend was run out of town, and he couldn't follow him because he wanted to fight for custody of our kids. Now, almost a year later, I am a free woman. I got to keep the house, my car, and my business. He got 75% of the retirement and investment accounts, but he won't be paying alimony. I got full custody. He got visitations. I also got child support. He had to move six hours away to find a new job. Couldn't put the last job he worked at uh, his whole life as a reference. His relationship with his family is rocky. His reputation in town is ruined, so he can't move back anytime soon. The love of his life left him for good. And my kids only tolerate him because I did my best to shield them and to, and to tell them that he is still a good father to them. I also made sure to treat him politely, never talked about bad about him, and had a lengthy talk about how their father about, with them about how their father being gay is okay. It's who he is, and that is, is not his fault that the only wrong he did was hiding it from me so i guess the results of his cheating was years of guilt followed by a ruined life wow mm-hmm. <clears throat> um just just damn <laughs> like <sighs> no nah, that would give me goosebumps yeah <laughs> that's great you know, Cheating is is just, I, I I just I, don't I just get don't, it. I wouldn't do it. I don't do it. I I haven't done it. It's not my a me thing, you know. So it's like, but when you're cheating to that level, and like OP, wow, you have a better heart than I do. Oh, I I forgot. There's a small little edit that's gonna make it even okay, even worse too. Let's make something clear. I am not the good person in this story. We were both bad. I am not here trying to get pats on the back or to be told that I did well. I know that what I did was messed up. I am here because I wanted to tell someone and I can't do that IRL. So literally still has full recognition too. That it's like I didn't do this and I'm not saying this because I'm like, oh man, look what I did to destroy a man's life. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this wasn't great. We were both bad people. Don't sit here and tell you know, congratulate me. This person is just like wow <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah no seriously i want <laughs> i i'm i am impressed i am scared <laughs> like, <laughs> like holy crud I hope, uh, you know somebody better learn that if they, anybody else comes up into opie's life for sure so wow that's but uh i'm glad you did what's best for your kids you did it in a way that didn't you know mess up your kids mm-hmm. you know you didn't you weaponize your children you know where you could have been like, your father has, been, you know, and built up that hate mm-hmm. against him to the point where, you know, I mean, he's got visitation rights. It sounds like that's a thing. So he obviously sees his kids. And so that's good. So I, I feel like, yeah, you, you got, I don't even feel like it. I don't want to say overly. I, I feel like you got a justified amount of revenge. So, you know, and I hope your business does well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I wanted to, uh, 
to read these two comments. If somebody said, you were smart for yourself and your kids. All he had to do was not bring his cheating into your home, which is like the easiest thing in the world. He literally fucked around and found out. And then somebody responded and said he fucked around and found out. It's rather rare that I find stories on Reddit where that saying applies in a literal fashion. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah, that that is that is the definition <laughs> of effed around and found out. So. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's that one. That one's great. Now, this is the one that we're going to end on. It is long and yeah, it is definitely difficult of a read, but the way that it ended is exactly how it should have ended. And I'm sure you're going to figure it out as I start reading it. Okay. It is titled Why We Don't See Uncle Mark Anymore. Okay. Let's go. So, this was told to me by my dad over a drink recently. He'd gotten a little drunk and ended up admitting it to me, said it's been too long now and he'd paid me the consequences, so there was nothing to come back on him. Only reason that I'm posting this. Uncle Mark was my favorite uncle when I was a child. He always invited me around to show me his airsoft gun collection, hide-and-seek parties with my friends, and even took us to the beach. He would always come with sweets for us and acted like one of us, another child who just wanted to have fun. But then, the day I was seven years old, was meant to be uh, going around to his house because we were going for a ride to this amazing place. My dad was happy and cheerful for the entire day. He was going on about how much he loved the fact that his brother wanted to be in his children's life until he got a call. I was in my room packing my stuff when I heard the most blood-curdling scream from my dad. He was screaming and raging. I heard him rip open our front door and slam it back shut with enough force to make the picture next to it fall off of the wall. I didn't see my dad for a long while after that, and he never told me why until we had this talk, but that shall be explained at the end. My mom had had a lot of money saved up from a minor lottery win, so we were okay, and she always smiled and said, Daddy is just away for a little while because he was looking after me and my siblings, whenever I asked where he was. Uncle Mark didn't come around either during this time, but we did see him in town a couple times. Funnily enough, he ran away the moment my mom saw me waving at him. Nine months later, my dad came home, and I excitedly ran and hugged him. He hugged me right on back with a good squeeze. We had a party to celebrate him coming home. We had party food and cake and all the usual stuff. I was just so happy my dad was home, though. A week or so later, my dad had sat me down with the other children and explained that Uncle Mark wouldn't be coming around anymore. When asked why, he just said Uncle Mark was a bad person and that if he ever tried to talk to us, we were to ignore him and come find one of them. We all agreed because my dad always knew what was best after all. One day, a year or so later, I was nine at this point, I'm coming out of school to wait for my parents to pick me up. My other siblings were either at secondary school or too young for school, so it was just me. I see Uncle Mark standing there with a big grin. I got nervous when he came up to me, saying, and he was saying that he was here to take me for a ride. I tell him I'm not supposed to talk to him, that he's a bad person, like my dad said. Uncle Mark got this scary look on his face for a second, then told me it was all good and his parents had changed their mind and made, uh, and made me take his hand. That's when I saw my dad just appear. My dad punched Uncle Mark in the face, and little old me saw blood fly as Uncle Mark went sprawling. I didn't see much after that, except Uncle Mark running away with my dad chasing him. He came back after a little while, sighed, and took me in a hug. He told my mom to take me home and that he'd see us later. I don't know why, but I knew there and then that it would be a long time before I ever saw my dad again. And I was right. Five years. Five years my dad was gone. My mom eventually admitted to us that he was in prison for protecting us, and we all guessed he'd done something to Uncle Mark. And he had. Turns out, Uncle Mark mm. liked kids. He liked them a lot. And that day, I was meant to go to his house. My aunt, 
who is Uncle Mark's wife, had called my dad and told him that she'd found some pictures under her and Mark's bed of children and she was scared of what to do because Mark was a big man and it was later revealed that he had abused her, so she was scared to call the police on him and my dad had gone into a rage and stormed over to his house. He'd smashed in the door to find Uncle Mark screaming at my aunt as she waved the pictures around in hysterics. My dad had beaten Uncle Mark within an inch of his life, Uncle Mark screaming he'd make him pay as the police had arrested my dad. Messed up thing was, by the time my dad had explained why he had done it, Mark managed to get the pictures, burned them, and scared his wife into saying nothing so there was no evidence. My dad was sent down for for assault, but made sure my other uncles and older cousins were around to protect us in case Mark came back. But oh no. Mark waited until my dad thought we were safe. And then, according to my dad, he had come to kidnap me from the school right under their noses. Who would stop him? People didn't believe my dad when he explained Mark was a predator. They thought he was just excusing himself for attacking him. After all, the police hadn't found anything, and his wife said my dad was a liar. Whereas my dad was the big scary, uh, the big angry guy with a few assaults under his belt already. So all they saw was my nice uncle here to pick me up. He had gotten away from my dad at the school. My dad had tripped, and it gave him the chance to run. But my dad knew where he would go. Knew Uncle Mark would run home to hide and more than likely destroy any evidence he had gotten since destroying the last lot. He also knew the police would be on his tail for the attack on the school, so he didn't have long. Difference was, though, my dad had his car while Uncle Mark was just on foot. So, he drove over and demanded to know if my aunt was going to lie again after what Uncle Mark had just tried to pull. Now, I don't like my aunt much after what she had pulled the first time, but I think in the moment she really realized what a monster my uncle was. He was willing to do... He was willing to do this to her nephew just for pathetic revenge for being called out as a predator. Mm -hmm. She said she wouldn't stop my dad or save Mark this time. My dad ordered her to get all the evidence she could as he waited for Mark to appear. She came back down with the pictures. Lots of pictures. He then told her to go, wait one hour, and then call the police. He was ending this. As Mark... As Uncle Mark appeared, my dad, who had been waiting behind the wall of his garden, slammed him through the door of his house. He then proceeded to beat him to death in his doorway. He apparently, towards the end, couldn't see the floor through the blood. My dad was arrested on murder and did so without resistance, only saying he wished they'd done his job for him. But when it was revealed that Uncle Mark was indeed a predator who had attempted to kidnap me and the fact that they had to face the fact that they had allowed a predator to run free, he was instead charged for manslaughter, his lawyer stating my father had gone into a protective rage and had only intended to render him harmless. Funnily enough, no one argued in defense of the predator for my dad getting the murder charges. He said he didn't regret it, but that he wished he had done something else purely so that he didn't miss out on so much of my life. I told him I was forever going to be proud of him for that and that I loved him. I was a bit shocked I wasn't just told what my uncle was for so long, but my dad asked if it would have made any of it better to be told as a child what he really was or now as a man who can handle the truth, and he was right. Me as a child would not have been able to mentally handle it. I'm barely able to handle it now. (sighs) That's a good dad. Oh, yeah. That's You know what, and, and I say this, that's a good dad because when you know the consequences, the potential consequences, and you don't care, mm-hmm. you know, that's a good dad. I just know that I would have been in jail a little earlier, probably. Yeah. But, but the moment that I would have seen anybody with my kids, yeah, that's a good dad. That's all I can say. So, wow. You're ending it on something that heavy, huh? <laughs> Well, Just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, Barrett, you you just don't stop. Like I can remember my fights when when they were, like there was one guy that that beat up my sister. Right. Mm-hmm. He slapped he slapped my sister so hard that she had a handprint, and he bragged about it. 
and I beat him so bad that no people were trying to pull me off. It actually took a teacher hitting me to get me off of it. And it was like, and I mean, they had to hit me hard. So, and this is junior high me. So, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I get it. You just start going and you're just we can, gone. I can end on something else. Some like advice one. Um, if you want to not end so heavy. <laughs> yeah, I would really like that. Or I would just like, yeah, just something like that. That would be great. Okay. This one, uh, it's on from r slash no stupid questions. And it is titled, am I ignorant for asking the server for advice at an ethnic restaurant? So, went to a halal restaurant and found quite a few things on the menu that were a bit alien to me. I asked the server for advice, and he pulled over a chair and explained the dishes. Afterwards, the people I went with said it was embarrassing for me to ask stupid questions, and it made me look like another ignorant white guy. I think they felt that I could have taken the time to go online and read the menu in advance or just order something I recognized. I would think asking for an employee's advice would be normal. Am I at all wrong here? No. Yeah, I just... No, I do that at Italian... Look, I... We go to a restaurant. We go to a restaurant we've never gone to before. What do I always do? What do you What do you use your favorite thing on the menu? Yeah. I ask. What are you What are you, What is your favorite? Or if there's a couple of things, what are your top two favorite things on the menu? Mm-hmm. Right. What's my first red flag? Oh, I don't eat here. Right. Yeah. And what's my second red flag? Oh, everything on the menu is just as good. Yeah. Like, it's like okay. okay. Now I'm scared, and, and and half the time works out exactly like we think right yep it's just nothing special mm-hmm. or it's really not what they said it was like what they right. advertised to be the amount of times we've gone to like a mexican restaurant and the people that are working there in a very very you know culturally appropriating restaurant mm-hmm. and none of them speak spanish and you're going hmm first you know first little tidbit of like okay and then you try to ask them any kind of question about any of the food and they can't even pronounce it Mm -hmm. and then you try to ask them okay well like what do you eat and they give you the most american food off of the menu and it's like oh god (laughs) and half the time it's like because it's not it's not mexican Mm -hmm. it's not mexican food it's literally just like they kind of just went hey i could probably open a mexican restaurant and then did it and it's just a disgrace (laughs) so yeah that's always what happens for any of it with every kind of competition yeah. right it's just so so no your friends that were embarrassed about you asking I, they they should have either helped you or something else before if they knew what the difference between halal and non-halal food is then they should have said something you know right? like it's oh hey such a what's weird the difference thing between halal and kosher what's the you know hey excuse me just what it like did you sit there and go hey what's this middle eastern crap y'all are eating here yeah. what, what is this <laughs> Is this like a burger? You know, is it, is this? Then I get it. But no, you, you were absolutely just fine. Your friends are pieces of garbage. They they could have been friends, and mm-hmm. they weren't friends. They chose that moment to not be friends. So, with that said, uh, don't forget to hit that follow button on whatever you're listening from. Like our podcast page on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find all of that in our link tree in the description. And be sure to give our website a visit. Stupidpodcastsoneverything.com. And uh, we'll make sure that we have a link for our YouTube channel sitting right up on the front page for you guys. If you want to go see some of those videos there, we'd love it. We're trying to get to 1,000 right now. And we'd appreciate the help. So until we talk to you tomorrow, peace out with your peace out. Bye.